Good afternoon, everybody, and welcome to the Guinness World Record holding Fondazi Fire. That's right, everybody. This is a Fondazi Fire Show, and this is the podcast where we ask the question, what do you want? Now, normally the answer would be more fire. More but fire. Since, that's right. <laughs> but since this is a podcast, today the answer is more nankins. I am your host. <laughs> Adam the Rombaro Soko, and with me, as always, is my lovely and beautiful wife, Katie Mighty Mouse Matryska. Hello, and joining us today, we have Nan Miller, who is the director and amazing, amazing singer of the Court Revelers at the Minnesota Renaissance Festival. Am I saying that correctly? <laughs> <laughs> yes. The Court Revelers, huzzah! Huzzah! Um, okay. huzzah. <laughs> yeah, yes, <laughs> that is the correct response when you hear the name, the Court Revelers. Huzzah! Huzzah! See, yeah, very good. I can be taught. <laughs> Excellent. And Teresa, our wonderful producer, is always here making sure that we are doing what we're supposed to be doing. That's right. <laughs> Make sure we don't get too out of line. Nan, thank you so much for joining us today. Happy to be here. Yay. Yes. Hopefully we uh, get a lot of snow later this afternoon. I'm looking forward to a bit of a blizzard. That's because you got a new snowblower. Yeah. That's right. I got to use my new snowblower. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just happy that I live in a place where um, the snowblowers, uh, I get an email telling me when the snowblowers are going to show up, or at least generally, like, we're going to come tomorrow, which usually oh. means two o'clock in the morning. So, you know, I could wave out the window <laughs> at them and they, they, they blow, blow my, my way out of here. So, so That's Nan, great. you are yep. the director of the Court Revelers. Huzzah. Yes. The, <laughs> the, the, the court, uh, let me let, tell you a little bit about the court revelers. The court revelers. Yes, huzzah. You, you forgot the huzzah. Um, the court revelers. Huzzah. 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 Um, is a, a multi-person uh, permanent installation at the, the Renaissance Festival, I hope. Um, we uh, sing a cappella uh, music from the... Um, uh, period, um, the uh, the Renaissance period, and, and some earlier music, not much, and some uh, things that are more modern but sound like they might have come from the uh, Renaissance period, and uh, including, of course, the ubiquitous sea shanties. Um, <laughs> but we do have a couple of those in our repertoire. We sing in uh, nine languages, and we have over a hundred songs in our repertoire. So we wow. do. Holy cow! Um, yeah, I know. Um, we do um, many shows a day, most of which are public, and um, some of which are scheduled, and some of which are impromptu. So um, people can find us on the schedule, and they can just fall upon us as we are in the village at the Minnesota Renaissance Festival. The Court Revelers are an offshoot of a previous group called The Revelers um, that has uh, that was in existence almost from the very beginning of, of the festival. Wow. Um, oh. uh, 
the revelers ceased to be and it had its last uh, outing in 2002. And in 2003, um, I and two other uh, veterans of the revelers created the new group, the court revelers, which has been Huzzah. going on. Huzzah. Thank you. Thank you. Um, <laughs> has been going on since then. So, um, uh, but that's not where I started at the Renaissance Festival. Where, where did, did you start? start? Like many people on the Renaissance Festival, I came from a, one of the other services. And as people might know, there are many services at the Minnesota Renaissance Festival. There is food, there's games, there's crafters, and there's entertainment. And there's also grounds and and um, security, uh, basic operations and security. Huh? Yeah. Um, I came out of games. I, actually, I, I, like many other um, veteran um, players out there at the Renaissance Festival, including one of the Puke and Snot crew and uh, Fitz and... Yep. Um, uh, Hawkins all came from yeah. King of the, uh, and one of my own singers, of course, came from um, King of the Log. Great place. Which was um, uh, how I started coming as a performer uh, to the Renaissance Festival. Um, I started coming as a patron in 1971. Okay. It was the second year of the festival, and it was still in Jonathan at that time. Yeah. And I was in college and I came, heard about this thing and being a, uh, something most people don't know about me, my, my, um, my background in, in uh, college is that I, I majored in um, English legal history and wow. my specialty time was the reigns of the Tudors which is huh. the Renaissance, roughly, in, yeah. in England. And so this is, you know, this is absolutely in my wheelhouse, um, going to a Renaissance fair, because I knew a lot about Tudor life and Tudor history. And so um, going out there was, was very interesting to me. So I really enjoyed that. But I never figured out, you know, by, back then I was in college and I had a career goal. And um, being an actor... Uh, performer had been definitely put on the back burner for me. I had done acting and performing before, but um, I was going to be a lawyer. And so that was where all my energies were going. Mm-hmm. So um, after all of that happened, um, I met a friend who was one of the operational leaders of King of the Log, which um, you may not know has been operated and might still be operated as a volunteer fundraiser for one of the Minneapolis public schools. Mm-hmm. I believe it still um, is. Yeah. Uh, for for Barton, uh, Clara Barton School in, in South Minneapolis uh, was the primary source for most of the volunteers. The King of the Log operated as a volunteer situation. So what if one volunteered to work at the log, um, one worked for half a day and basically could spend the rest of the day enjoying the fair. So it was a cheap way to come out and participate. And I say come out as a performer because um, most of the people who, who came out to volunteer um, 
liked the concept of being able to interact with the patrons and do have a little fun um, and created characters and the people who were in the operations part of King of the Log definitely were among the people who had characters and um, who um, spent their day interacting with the, the um, community as, as uh, both operating a game, but performing as they did it, as right. many of the people in games do. People from the fencing booth and from King of the Log and from um, a lot of the other uh, activities out there. People interact with our crowd in some of the similar ways that entertainers do. first character at King of oh, the Lost. I have had the same character ever since. Oh, so you're um, always Nankins. I have I have been I have been named I have been Dame Nankins Beecham since the first day I stepped on that place. <laughs> Where did that come from? Um, well, uh, I decided that um, my character should have a backstory. And, and um, one of the things that I wanted to make sure I could do to help patrons as they went from place to place is to be able to read. Okay. And knowing as I did that very few women of the time necessarily would have been able to read and knowing that I couldn't afford a court dress and I was working in hay mm -hmm. um, <laughs> that I would be wearing peasant clothing but would be able to read and who would be able to do that? So I decided that um, Nankins uh, would be um, basically a nun. Okay who um, was trying to get back to her abbey because she had been abandoned by her traveling crew because she was too outspoken. <laughs> and so she's been making her way back from Rome for the last 35 years. <laughs> you know, travel was slower in those days. Right. And um, someone who was without funds um, had few things um, available to them about how to make money to move from point A to point B. And getting from point A to point B was either on foot or by horse or by cart. And um, so my character, having been abandoned by the people who brought her to Rome, uh, was coming back. And because I'm a nun uh, and I of course could read and write uh, one of the things I did as I went along was uh, read and write for people and teach people to read and write so that was my character and my character had finally made itself back to England because our our festival is roughly considered to be in England mm -hmm. um, and uh, that she's still on her way back to the Abbey of Columba which is if you know where um, that is, most people don't. I happen to. It's on the um, <laughs> northwest corner of Wales on an island. And in order to get there, I, I'm still making my way there. Low these many years. But over the years, my character has done lots of things, including uh, work at King of the Log for a while, because that's the work I could find. But I could also read so I could help people find, thing, find things on their maps. Mm -hmm. 
because when I would be interacting with people, they'd ask me where things were and I, or what they should do. And I would look at their map and tell them this and this and this. So it was all consistent. For me, it was consistent with my character. My character also worked for a duke. My, my, my character is the daughter of a duke because that's how she's in the nunnery. Um, <laughs> so my last name, Beecham, is actually I'm a daughter of the Duke, duke of Warwick. And that's their family name. Beecham. So uh, my character has been the same the entire time I've been at the Minnesota Renaissance Festival, except she's she's done different things while she's there. And for a while, I was working at the uh, King of the Log, being this you know one of the um, operational people there, and became the person who was in charge of all of our volunteers and was the score broad for our our um, our tournament at the end of the day um mm -hmm. so i was the score broad i would keep score <laughs> um and i would escort the winners over to receive their prizes and um that was that was what i was do that's what i did for i did that for 12 years wow, wow. Okay. gradually moving from someone who did it you know um for a half a day maybe five weekends to being full-time, hard pass um, person out there uh, every weekend in charge of the volunteers, um, working with the contracts, etc. cetera. Uh, so as I, you know, I would go up to, I would get there early in the morning. I would go over and uh, back in the old days, uh, people could actually camp on site and our camp, our uh, little encircled place at King of the Log was filled with with tents. Yeah, I heard um, about that. Yeah, <laughs> and um, uh, I I met two of my very best friends in the world working at King of the Log. Once the first year I worked there, and one the second year I worked there. Um, uh, Hawkins, the character Hawkins, uh, who's mm -hmm. David Nordrum, and um, Cloud, the, the character named Cloud, who's Don Wheeler, who no longer works out there. They, are, they have been friends of mine for 35 years. And awesome. um, we, uh, we speak weekly and spend lots of time together. Anyway, um, they, uh, they were working there. Um, and, and Fitz came several years after that. Uh, after I started, he started being out there. And I remember going and kicking the sides of his tent <laughs> to wake him up and say, you know, the cannon's going to go off in three minutes. Get your sorry self, or words to that effect, um, up and get your tent down, or we're taking it down with you, we're rolling it up with you in it. And, you know, so, um, yeah. He, he's always been a late starter. He is a late starter. He is, and then we, yeah, he'd be a very late starter. But now at least he has it in his contract. That's he right. didn't have it in his contract when he was there. <laughs> so um, I would go up to cast call every morning and listen in and be envious of those who were on the performing cast. But I had no idea at that point how one became a member of the performing cast. Mm -hmm. um, because uh, I didn't know any of the perform. One of the problems with working at uh, King of the Log is that you're stuck. 
in one place all day long. Right. You don't interact with people. Um, and uh, I didn't spend my first couple years when I was only working part time um, asking members of cast to get out of character to tell me about how they got there. Right. I interacted with them in character because I thought that was appropriate. Mm-hmm. So as a result, uh, I didn't know anything about how to become a a performer out there. And I was uh, still working as a lawyer and I had two kids by that time. And so I didn't, I didn't, uh, I came out in the morning, I worked and I went, and I went home because I had to go home to my family. So I didn't sure. have the experience of sitting around the fire and going down to the big leaky tent and having a burger or two <laughs> back in the old days, the blue lion tap and having a burger, um, uh, and, and seeing people by firelight and, and, and lamplight. Um, so I didn't have that experience out there. Uh, it's one of the things I mm, occasionally regret, but I was being a responsible mom. And because I was in charge of lots of volunteers and lots of those volunteers were under the age of 16, I ended up with my mom mobile taking kids home <laughs> uh, all over South Minneapolis, uh, dropping kids off at the end of the day. So I would have, you know, eight kids in my in my van taking them home. My daughter, my youngest daughter, Maggie, was the very first member of our of our family to actually spend the night <laughs> out at the Renaissance Festival and. Um, yeah, she stayed over with a family who was was tenting in the King of the Log Land. Um, both of my daughters ended up being on cast, um, or not well, on cast in the in the Disney sense. Neither uh, one of them was an became an entertainer, part of the entertainment ca- cast. But um, my older daughter Katie worked for one of the operations that runs games out there, Mid America Carousel. And okay. she worked for them for many years until she decided to retire. <laughs> so she, um, so I had both my daughters out there. So I was pulling, uh, taking them back and forth and um, their friends who volunteered and worked out there. So I didn't have that, that late night thing. So I didn't ever know how to, uh, to become a, a member. But there was every day back in the old days at 3 p.m., the court held a program at the Arbor. And if you know anything about the geography of uh, the Minnesota Renaissance Festival, the Arbor, the King's Arbor, is a location that is just up the hill from King of the Log. Uh Um, And uh, I would take a break at 3 o'clock every day, and I would go up to... um, the King's Arbor and stand by the um, easternmost tree and um, listen to the performers and listen to the program. And one of the groups that was always there, I was always part of the, the scene, were the revelers who sang. And I loved to sing. And I thought, boy, I would really, really really like to be able to do something like that. That's something I would really like to do. So for many, many years, 
I, um, I listen to them. And then um, after an aquatennial parade, oh, yeah. um, a bunch of them and my friends Cloud and Hawkins and I went to our favorite watering hole downtown Minneapolis, Brits. Um, <laughs> and um, that's my bar. Um, <laughs> and uh, um, we were there and um, I happened to have my my recorder with me which is a musical instrument not a tape recorder a <laughs> recorder with me and I started playing something and uh, members of the revelers were there and they started to sing to my playing and then I started to sing with them and they went you sing? And I said, yeah, I do. And they said, um, you don't know these songs. And I said, I've been listening to you for years. <laughs> so yeah, I know these songs because you sing the same 10 songs. <laughs> and um, so they said, do you want to sing with us? That was my audition. Wow. Wow. And I, of course, said, of course, I want to sing with you. And um, so I started my first year singing with the Court Revelers in 1999. Wow. Um, I was still working at King of the Log. So I was doing both things at the same time. So I would <laughs> do King of the Log and then run out to do a performance because the Court Revelers at that point were, uh, the Revelers at that point were a very um, differently organized group. Most of them were members of the court. Okay. Okay. And they did the feast. Mm -hmm. They did the three o'clock show. They did the, um, they were on top of the gate in the morning uh -huh. for the opening gate show. And then that was their day. That was it? That was it. Okay. Um, they started to do a regular pub sing. It wasn't on the schedule. A regular pub sing at five o'clock at the Queen's Pub. And my first year, because of my schedule and how they were doing the feast that year, they didn't do the whole group doing the feast. They only had a few people doing the feast. Um, I was on top of the gate with them in the morning. I did the three o'clock show with them and I did the five o'clock pub sing with them. But other than that, that first year, I was doing dual duty. The next year in 2000, I, I said goodbye to King of the Log and said, no, I'm, I'm going to go do this other thing now. see you at the feast i'm i'm always worried that i'm gonna get soot on your dresses <laughs> like, i'll like, kind of move away from you like oh i'm dirty i don't want to touch you <laughs> not to worry so not sunny. to worry i mean we sit in the dirt so it's you know it's one of those things where 
Um, you know, I used to have a, you, know, you do learn some things uh, in courtly dress. One of the things is that I used to think that having um, a silk or a silk-like dress was really, you know, a stupid thing to do until I had one. And I realized that um, the previous dress I had, which was made up of, uh, you know, where most of us get our, our, uh, our fabrics is, is heavier kind of almost upholstery type fabric. Right. Um, curtain kind of fabric. Uh, when you walk through wet grass, um, those gowns seep up okay. liquid. And yeah. you can end up wearing a 40-pound skirt by the end of the day. Mm-hmm. When you're wearing a silk dress or a silk substitute dress, um, they don't hold the liquid the same way. Okay. And so they're much lighter. Is there anything, final parting thoughts that you'd like to leave with our listeners? Sure. I, I think, you know, what my, my one regret is that I didn't figure out how to become a member of CAST earlier. Mm-hmm. And um, I would encourage anyone who has any inkling that they might want to do this stuff, whether it's as a musician, uh, to be a musician out there, you should have some skill. But if you want to be an actor out there, you can be a developing actor out there. And my guess is that you can find an entree either like I did through a volunteer situation, or you can actually stop a cast member and not be as shy as I was and say, how do I get involved with this? Tell me, who do I need to talk to? What do I need to see? Um, where do I find out how to, to do this? And and then try out. Yeah. And go to academy. I never got I never went to academy until my, my youngest daughter decided she wanted to be on cast and they said she had to go to academy and she was too young, so I had to drive her there. But so I got to go to academy and after I'd been performing for fifteen years. Um, <laughs> and I, but but um, give it a try. It is, um, it is an excellent preparer for not just being an, art, an artist and a performer. It is fantastic for learning how to speak in front of crowds, to speak in meetings at work, mm-hmm. to um, uh, speaking with a, a, a strong voice, um, about whatever it is that you're you're working on in, in in your in your day-to-day job. It can teach you incredible skills. I know for a fact you, Adam, did not know anything about doing fire or whips when you started out there. <laughs> I know true. this for a fact because I have known you for a very long time. <laughs> <laughs> yep. And these are skills that you learned or you at least became interested in and started working with because of connections with the Renaissance Festival. Mm-hmm. Um, and I would say that the same is probably true for both Teresa and, and, and Katie, that there are things that you learned only because you were out at the festival. Yes. And right. these are things that have become passions of yours. Um, you can sing in any church choir. You can sing in any community choir, but you can't sing and act at the same time necessarily. And I get mm-hmm. to do that every weekend in August and September. And I live for that. 
thank you so much. I it's obvious through this conversation how much passion you have for performing and for singing. Good luck in your endeavors. And uh, someday I hope I have time in my schedule where I can actually sit through and see an entire Fondazi show. <laughs> Watching you guys at the end of the, uh, at the, the final uh, fire blow, which I know is not your show, um, right. but that is led by you, is always a highlight of my year. Well, thank, thank you. you. So, thank you. Good night. So good to see you good night and good luck, as they used to say on the TV. <laughs> If you want to become a Patreon subscriber, pop on over to Patreon and look for Fondazi Fire. If you have any questions or show ideas for us, anything that you want to know, then email us at fondazi at gmail.com. Make sure to subscribe to Fondazi Fire Presents What Do You Want on your favorite podcast platform, and we'll see you next time.